Welcome to Spielin' and Dealing, the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And with me today, as always, is the producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, how are you doing, sir? I am doing well, Kyle. It's been a little bit, but we are back into it. We have a lot to talk about. The sport will showcase the week, uh, what are we in, week three, week four rankings? Week five yeah, rankings, uh, excuse me. Believe it or not, we're all the way up to week five. That's how, how much uh, time really flies for me. It, it's, you know, it's fast and furious, but it's hard to believe. But we are already in our week five rankings, and we've seen a ton of movement. But, yeah, before, you know, what what stemmed all of this movement really was the Sportal Showcase. You're right about that. And let's get right to it. Sportal Showcase we had at South Paulding High School, I guess a couple Saturdays ago now. Um, and we'll just go right down five great games. They were a lot of them were close. The first two I'm looking at here decided by two points each. The first one, Mundy's Mill versus Franklin County. It was a last-second audible. Franklin County coming up from up north. They wanted to avoid the snow, so they moved from the nightcap up into the first game of the day. They face off Mundy's Mill, and Mundy's Mill eked out a 59-57 to victory. They were led by Raekwon Brown's 22 points and 13 rebounds. Kyle, what did you see in that game? Yeah, and that was one of the ones. I mean, uh, having to hold my event for the first time, you, you're dealing with a lot of people coming from a lot of different places. I definitely did not make this easy on myself, giving a chance for these schools from literally all over the state of Georgia, north, south, east, west, everywhere, to come play at a, uh, a location in Douglasville at South Paulding High School, which is, you know, it's kind of far for everybody. Uh, but yeah, I had to make some last second changes. So I had to bring Franklin County to come play, you know, a 3A school coming to play a, a 6A school in Mundy's Mill, who uh, is now in the top 10, number eight in a, a class 6A. And I was, I don't know, I was worried about a couple of these games, to be honest with you, revealing the curtain, seeing what's behind the curtain. Um, 3A school against a 6A school that's big, athletic, has a lot of upside. Uh, and I, you know, Monday's Mill was up twenty-five to eleven to start the game, and I was, oh boy, I, you know, I, that's not how I wanted uh, the showcase to start off with. But you got to give a hell of a lot of credit to Franklin County coach Jason Shaver. Those boys scrapped. Titus Brown really put on a show. The junior came in averaging about nineteen points per game. Uh, a lot of people were keying in on uh, Micah Roebuck, and uh, that has really led to Brown really taking the lead this year and. Uh, man, he was phenomenal. Had 25 points. Had a last-second look at the buzzer. Did not drop. Uh, but Franklin County, that's a good team. And when you really look at it, you shouldn't be too surprised. I know everybody always wants to say uh, the people that are not really as informed. You know, you could use, you probably could use to use it as a, a guideline, saying, "Well, a 7A school or a 6A school should always beat a, a 4A school or a 2A school." Or you know, blow them out. Not in this GHSA. I mean, with all the new classifications, some want to say it's watered down, whatever, but there is good basketball at all classifications. And this was, uh, you know, kind of gift wrap for us because we had to change it. It was going to be Monday's Mill versus uh, South Paulding, 6A versus 6A. Instead, we get a 6A school and a 3A school, and we don't really know what's going to happen. But we saw 3A Franklin County prove that smaller schools can play with the big boys, just like we'll talk about in our nightcap game. Uh, but Franklin County, they've seen good teams. They're in that region with um, Morgan County, who's uh, you know always playing for a state title or right close to it, it feels like, always in the Final Four. They have seen the best of the best, and they played um, Morgan County very close. I think they only lost by about 16 points, ran out of gas to them. So they've seen the best of the best, and just because you're playing a, a 6A school, 
that doesn't mean that 6A school is any better than, you know, Morgan County, who's number two in the state. So Franklin County has seen a lot of good talent, and they've really proved it by hanging in there against Mundy's Mill. Uh, that That's a really good group, Franklin County. They're going to have a lot of guys coming back, juniors, Michael Roebuck, Titus Brown we mentioned, Keelan Rutledge, a big white boy, you know, looked like a farmer boy out there. He was great. I was so impressed with him, um, you know, a freshman playing uh, very, very, very skilled inside. Doesn't look like much, but he knows what he's doing. He did a heck of a job rebound. And you got to give credit to Mundy's Mill. They played a tough game the night before. But Raekwon Brown, again, I've said it time and time again, I don't know if he just always plays well when I watch him play, but gosh, he has such upside. Six foot five, super long, a great shot blocker, can shoot the three ball, pretty smooth. He is going to be a good fit if he has everything screwed on tight, um, you know, with grades and everything like that. And, you know, he really wants to become a really good basketball player. He has a lot of upside. He has all the measurables. Uh, and if he just wants to piece it together, he can be something special. He had a very good game. And, uh, you know, Monday's Mill, they really crushed Franklin County uh, early on uh, on the boards. They really hurt them offensively on the glass. Um, Franklin County kind of saw that as the game went on. Um, But Chris Lango, I believe it was, hit a big corner three right after Franklin County uh, took a late lead, and that gave Monday's Mill the lead for good. Uh, Monday's Mill, they're starting to round in the form. They've had guys out. Um, you know, with injuries or sickness or this, that, and the other, but they're starting to move in the right direction. They just picked up a blowout win over MLK the other day after, you know, their first, what was it, 10 wins of the season. Seven of them were by single digits, but now they're starting to get that momentum, uh, especially uh, in, I believe it's Region 4, uh, and they're starting to feel really good about themselves, and uh, they are a team that is uh, definitely trending in the right direction. Let's keep it moving down onto Woodville Tompkins versus Chattooga. That was a game that looked evenly matched on paper. Chattooga coming in maybe with something to prove. Woodville Tompkins under coach Lenny Williams. Um, a little back and forth there. Woodville Tompkins, it looked like they were going to pull away a couple times, but Chattooga kept them right in it and kept it a close game. 50-48 to 48 all the way down to the wire, but Woodville Tompkins did pull out the victory in the second game. And another great game I was... I was worried Woodville Tompkins coming in averaging over 90 points per game, beating the brakes off of these teams they've seen. And Chattooga, they they were dinged up early on in the season. They took two losses at a, uh, I, I think the tournament was held at Dalton High School, uh, playing against two teams from Tennessee. They were dinged up, didn't have Devin Price. Uh, so they were trying to round into form. And, uh, you know, Woodville Tompkins, again, just like that first game, they jumped out on them early. That press was really flustering Chattooga. Then Woodville Tompkins kind of took their foot off the, the, the gas pedal, and they backed off from the press, and the Indians kind of found their ground. They they kind of got into a groove. Uh, but Woodville, with that size, Preston Crisp, uh, he was named MVP of that game of 15-7, and seven, uh, uh, went on a, a visit to Covenant uh, College after that. Uh, picked up an offer, I believe, as well. But six foot five on the wing, he was steady. wasn't overly, you know, superstar, but just steady. A very good, steady player. Did what good players do and uh, lead their team. Bernard Pelote, um, you know, he is a little timid at times. A junior, six foot six, but there's a lot to like about his game as well. He had 11 points, 13 rebounds. Um, obviously, he rebounded the ball very well. Chattooga's small team, tallest players, about six foot two. Um, but a guy that really. Uh, you know, got off to a hot start. I don't think he scored in the second half, but that freshman, Alfred Coxum, uh, he is, he's going to be good. He's well built. He's sturdy. He's a tough guard. He really can control that tempo. Uh, Woodville Tompkins, they are, they definitely warrant that, uh, that number one spot in class two way. So they were impressive, but 
They really did have to hang on and hold off Chattooga. Uh Once uh, Nuke Adams got going, five foot seven point guard, especially in that that um, the third quarter, I believe he had nine points. And you know the little man, he he can get hot, he can get going. He knocked down some three balls. He makes some crazy passes in traffic. He really got Chattooga rolling. And uh, you know Chattooga, they're they're coming from a very weak region. There's you can't. It's not me knocking them or they. Everybody knows that region seven. Uh, and class 2A is very, 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 it's very bad. And Chattooga, everyone, we always wonder, okay, they're killing all these teams by 40 points and 30 points every single night. Now, is that our, is Chattooga that good? Are they just playing really bad competition? What better way to test themselves than playing the number one team in their classification? If they ever wanted to play for a state title, roads are going to eventually lead through Savannah. And what did we see? We saw Chattooga play their hearts out and play uh, the number one team in the state to a two-point uh, loss. And they had their opportunities at the end. Uh, you know, I almost had a tip in at the buzzer. They were right there with it. They got all their football players. They play extremely hard. Malachi Mack, Clayton Johnson had some good moments. Uh, Devin Price, who's back healthy now, is a just a glue guy, a rebounder. You know, they're, again, I've always said about Chattooga, they might not be the most super skilled basketball-wise, but they play extremely hard. They will play fast. They will make it a you know a dirty game and keep it low scoring if they have to as well against good opponents. Um, very impressed with them. And I'm going to see them later on this week at the War Lodge Invitational over here at Sequoia where they are going to be playing uh, Alpharetta with Brandon Barron going to North Carolina A&T. That's a dynamic guard right there. How are they going to deal with a, a 6A team that has a, a D1 player? Then they're going to play against Sequoia, a team that's going to be knocking on the door and, you know, top 10 in 6A, who is a preseason top 10 team, a team that, you know, they kind of are similar to Chattooga, uh, probably a little bit more skilled there and, you know, can shoot the ball better, but a team that is uh, kind of undersized and has a lot of football players that do a lot of their, uh, you know, damage, especially rebounding with their six foot guards. So Chattooga and Sequoia, a game I'm very interested to see, but I was impressed with both Woodville and Chattooga, both two teams really proving that they are uh, legitimate contenders in Class 2A. The middle game of the Sportal Showcase was Elka versus Grace, and that was one maybe that had a bit more star power, a bit more recognizable names, that if you were a casual fan of basketball in the state of Georgia, that's the one you'd want to come out and see. And um, Elka was a really a tale of two halves in that game. Elka jumped out strong. They looked to be dominant in the first half. And then Grayson came back roaring in the second half and cruised to the biggest victory of the night, which is nine points, which is saying something about the strength of all of these games here. But Grayson ended up topping Elka 80-71. to Yeah, uh, Davon Smith, he earned a Georgia State offer uh, after the game. Claude Perdue was there to uh, watch him. And, man, he he put on a show 21 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, and 4 blocks. And this man's only about 6 foot Six foot tall, uh, yeah, Grayson. They really you 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 hit the nail on the head. I mean, they they uh, they really hammered it home in the second half and took it to him. Javon Tatum had a nice stretch there, sixteen points. Uh, Rico Hallman, I think he did a lot of his damage in the first half. Came off the bench and uh, gave him a nice little lift. Um, you know, just looking at Elka's big three: Makai Cameron, twenty points; Javon Reddish, who you know he had a pretty good game 18 points eight rebounds three blocks you know plays a really good floor game and kelvin jones had 16 points so you had a lot of scoring from your big three but uh grayson they just really stole momentum they got some big uh play off their bench javon boyd i believe came in and hit maybe two threes and you know grayson just really showed all that depth and 
you know, Grayson's going to get much better because Kenyon Jackson, the six foot six double double machine, his entire career, who's uh, going to be playing a uh, wide receiver at Texas A&M. He's back now, and they haven't lost since he's been back. He's playing about three games. He helped them win against Newton. Um, and they, you know, you're adding him to Ian Shefflin, who's a bruising six foot six, six foot seven post. Tajay Kelly, another bruiser, six foot six inside. And now you got a high flying six six guy that can play a little bit on the wing too. Um, Grayson has always been known to be a tough team that'll really bang you on the boards and uh, their toughness and physicality uh, it really won out in the second half against Elka when they kind of struggled once oh boy here comes Grayson they kind of struggled against adversity seeing them lose the lead and Elka couldn't regain composure Uh, but Grayson that's a team that again just like Monday's Mill they got everybody back now they're going to be moving in the right direction in class 7a the fourth game, Coffee versus Campbell. Um, that was, and again, another tale of two halves. Coffee and Campbell, that one, I believe, also came down to a last-second shot at the buzzer. Coffee had a shot to win it, but it just didn't fall. Campbell ended up topping Coffee 72 to 70. Coffee is up to number one in Class 6A, and Coffee was up 21 to 4 after the first quarter, and then. Terrell Burden happened. He is the best point guard, and uh, I believe it's what Region Two in Class Seven A over there with Wheeler and all these tough teams like that. You know they're playing the best of the best over there in Region Two, and it's it's tough sledding. You're in there with Pebblebrook and East Coweta, who's ranked now, and it feels like it's just always an uphill battle for Campbell, who's very good. But he was sensational. He had about 22 points in the second quarter. I know he's only 5'9", but 39 points. He's the best point guard in that region, Terrell Burden. He was phenomenal. That's a guy who's, a, you know, no no doubt he's a Division One level talent. It just, just the size hurts him a little bit. But a Division One player, uh, if you're a low major school, uh, there's schools in, you know, we got a, a low major school in Kenneth, uh, not oops, that one slipped out, but in, in, in Cobb County, there's a low major uh, <laughs> Division One school in Cobb County that's very bad, and it, their best players over the past you know six seven years have been five nine five ten guards from around the area, and you got one right there. And there's not to say Burden's the only option. There's a lot of great undersized guards in Georgia, but uh, yeah, that's someone that you need to get in the gym and see. Uh, he just single handedly won that game for Campbell. He was sensational, but you know, Coffee. They were mightily impressive. I know they lost the game, but, man, big, physical, tough, that South Georgia toughness. Pernell Smith coaching them up. Jace Moore, he is great. That kid is going to go to a program. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be Division One. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to end up being junior college. He is just a tough son of a gun. 27 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 5 steals, 1 block. Just a bulldozer just running through people, gets to the rim. Obviously, he's going to have to improve his three-point shot. That's the one bugaboo on his game. If he can improve his three-point shot, and you know the ball handling's fine, but if he can tighten that up a little bit more as well, uh, man, he is so tough. And you got Nicholas Clements who stepped up at the guard position, hit some shots from outside, 16 points, and then you got six foot seven Mackenzie McFadden going to Georgia Southern, who can just defend pretty much every single position on the floor. 13 points, eight rebounds, two steals, three blocks. I love coffee. I love coffee in a wide-open 6A that we're going to talk about a little bit more later on, but I love the Trojans. 
you know, you mentioned it earlier, but Coffee went out to a 21 to 4 lead. And at that point, we were kind of looking around at the gym and we thought it was over. But Campbell came back strong in the second quarter and made it a game. Kind of the theme of the night. A lot of uh, a game of momentum, if that's what you believe in in basketball. If momentum exists, it was certainly on display at the short Sportle Showcase, excuse me. And finally, our nightcap. Jeff Davis versus South Paulding. This was the second half of the games that got switched around. A lower classification school having to play an upper classification school. South Paulding ended up beating Jeff Davis 75-71. to But in a game that was close throughout, Kyle. Oh, man. And this is the other one. I was nervous. You know, Jeff Davis, two-way school. They graduate everybody from last year's uh, region championship team. South Paulding, you look at them now, they, they've been winning a lot of close games, but they're number five in Class 6A, and they're playing an unranked Class 2A school. But when you have the best player on the court, anything can happen. Jacquez Kirby was phenomenal. Again, he picked up an offer uh, after the event from Georgia State. He, he's a superstar, and he is you know, the most unselfish superstar in Georgia that we've seen for quite a while. 30 points, 17 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, 4 blocks. And now I'm talking to Coach Bo Boatwright and, and Coach McLeod after the game. And they're saying, you know, he, he's, he's, he's great, but sometimes it's like, hey, rein it in. You're the best player. We need you to take more shots, six foot six. But he is just always looking to pass the ball, pass the ball. And he whips in some great assists. And just imagine if he's playing with some of the, you know, the talent that these other teams at the showcase have. You know, his supporting cast is a, a couple inexperienced upperclassmen and uh, two freshmen that start. But Jacquez Kirby, he, he's phenomenal. I think he's, you know, that, that was a high major performance that he had. Just absolutely wrecking South Baldwin, carrying that team. That's a high major player. I've seen players much worse uh, go to the SEC and big schools like that, and Jacquez is only a junior. This is a – and I, I think he, right now maybe North Florida and Georgia State are his only two offers. Man, he's going to be a high major player because he and, – and, and, you know, it, we question can he shoot the ball. Man, he just had two effortless. Just like, okay, I haven't shot in a while. Let me just throw up a three and just – drained him nothing but net the the two shots he had uh Jacquez, he is he's going to be a high major player freak athlete we know everything but the thing that separates him is his passing ability and you know he's going to have to you know the the ball handling's okay again you can probably tighten that up but boy that gives him a chance to be a playmaker at the next level if he wants to play you know shooting guard small forward where i'm comfortable with him at but uh, he could even steal some minutes at the at the point guard position if he really develops that even more but Man, he is a super talented player. Jacquez Kirby was as good as advertised, making his debut, Jeff Davis's debut in Metro Atlanta as a school. Uh, they put on quite the show. But, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about South Paulding, who was just coming off, a, you know, the night before overtime victory over Langston Hughes. And then, you know, we switch them from playing the, the noon game to the 830 game. And, so, you know, are they going to sleepwalk? Now, I wouldn't say they necessarily sleptwalk through the game. They just probably they might have underestimated him a little bit. And then Jacquez Kirby pops you for 30-17-7, and you, you find yourself in a game. But Cam Armstrong, he really played a good game. Um, got a Columbia State offer. He's really played well. His floor game was very impressive. You know, I don't know if that's because he's playing against little guards that are freshmen and, you know, inexperienced. I, I think that had something to do with it. But Cam Armstrong was very good and very clutch. 18 points, 8 rebounds, 6 steals, 3 blocks. Uh, Shane Gibson, a guy who's kind of been an unsung hero for them. I, you know, I really appreciate his play at the point guard position. He does a lot of, you know, very important things for Coach Gil Davis, not only scoring the ball, but rebounding. He had 14 points, 6 rebounds. Uh, Chandler Travis had a really nice game. And then 
Shamai Shields, uh, he kind of helped ice the game in the fourth quarter. He had a stretch where he might have scored four or six points in a row. Uh, down the stretch to really, you know, extend that lead and, and, and put a capper on it. Uh, but again, uh, very great effort. Uh, just to sum up the entire event, just great effort from every team involved. You got all these games decided by two points, two points, nine points, uh, two points, and four points. You're not going to get that anywhere else. And uh, I want to give a credit to everybody who showed up to that event to make it such a great success. And to the quote-unquote underdogs, uh, quote-unquote live underdogs, where I was like, I, you know, I'm not too sure. They played their hearts out. Jeff Davis, Chattooga, especially uh, Franklin County, they really brought it. And it was a great event. And, uh, you know, before we wrap this this up, I just want to, you know, get your thoughts from me. What did you think about the event? What was your favorite game? Were there any superstar standouts that, you know, really, you know, took, took your breath away and really – uh you know, left a lasting impression on you? I mean, you know, the event was, I think it was great. Unfortunately, it was a rainy day, a bit cold. I think there was that threat of snow in the metro Atlanta area. And you know what happens when people start combining rain and temperatures in the 30s. All of a sudden, people say it's snowy and they're scared to come out. But otherwise, it was a great event. Um, South Pauline is a great facility. And we had five games decided by 19 points. And if that doesn't tell you how competitive the games were, you know, then that's that's pretty much all you need to know. Um, I think Jaquez Kirby in that last game, I was the one who was calling it on the uh, live broadcast on YouTube. So I probably a bit favorite. I'm a bit uh, partial to that game. But Jaquez Kirby, I think he picked up that Georgia State offer after uh, the showcase. And he simply was uh, was dominant for Jeff Davis, even though they lost. He really carried that theme. And he could pass. He could drive to the basket. He could shoot from outside. He really put on a performance. Yeah, it was uh, it was great, and I really appreciate it because it was tough. And I thought we had a, a really good crowd that showed up, and especially when these schools are coming – from three to four hours away and they're playing a, a freaking game you know the day before it, it was tough on all these guys but i mean uh, i'm super pleased I'm, I'm so grateful and thankful for all these teams coming and just putting on a, a heck of a show everybody competing uh top notch i was super pleased with them and uh you know maybe we'll be able to do it again we'll you know we'll see where we're you know once the dust settles and everything it's it probably not going to be a, a spoil showcase. It might be the Sandy Spiel showcase, um, but it, it was great, and I want to thank everybody uh, that was uh, involved in that because uh, we put on quite quite the uh, quite the inaugural event, and uh, I'm very proud of everybody that participated, uh, you including Ramin. I appreciate it, Kyle, and I uh, echo those sentiments. But now we touched on it earlier. We are we are going to get to the Week Five boys rankings. Let's start off Class Seven A. Um, not a lot of movement. Before we get to that, just a point: thirteen new ranked teams in the class in the Week Five boys rankings. So lots of movement. People falling out. People coming in. Class Seven A looks pretty similar. McEachern's at number one, but they've only played five games. Kyle, what's up with that? Yeah, that's because uh, they're going to, I guess, they're at the City of Palms right now, and they shellacked uh, Miami Christian, which is, you know, City of Palms is supposed to be this great big tournament, but how are we having big bloods? We didn't have that Sportal Showcase, but, uh, and and again, that if if my I don't know what Miami Christian's like six and three or something like that, and I, I looked at their record, but uh, if you're coming to a big national event, and you're getting you know slaughtered like that. That that proves how how great George High School basketball is because McEachern's not beating other top ten teams by thirty points. It's not freaking happening in the state of Georgia. Uh, when you strap it on in the state of Georgia, uh, you're gonna be playing. You know they're they're coming for your head, and uh, you know McEachern, yeah, but uh, they have a bunch of. 
TBA schedules to be announced, so they had almost like three week layoff, which is you know pretty tough. But they did not show any uh, you know bad signs. They blew out North Cobb eighty one fifty four. Then they took it to Wheeler seventy seven sixty two. So uh, McEachern uh, still a favorite to win it all, I think. But you know if you know as a betting man, I I, I like Meadow Creek. I re- I actually do really like Meadow Creek, and I was tempted to put them ahead. Of McEachern, but McEachern, you know, they handle their business against Wheeler and they're going to do good things at the city of Palms. So Meadow Creek with Damian Dunn, Jalen Benjamin, Akedra Green at the guard position, Jameer Chaplin, uh, completely revamped team. All those transfers coming in, they switch from a, a big post presence oriented defensive team to a team that can really score the ball with just great guards. And uh, I mean, I think Meadow Creek is. They're as good as advertised. They might be the best team in Class 7A uh, when all is said and done. We'll keep it moving on to Class 6A. We have a new number one. Every single team has uh, moved either up or down in the standings. We mentioned that the number one is Coffee, coming off a good performance at the Sportal Showcase. They also top number seven, Brunswick, 72-57. to 57, And they now sit atop the class of 6A. Kyle, how long do you think they'll stay there? You know, they, I, I gotta look at their schedule and see who they have coming up, but that Brunswick was a, a nice little test. I think it was a better test for Brunswick, cause Brunswick, they haven't really played that, that top echelon team yet. And, you know, I thought it was a good showing for Brunswick, but a, a great showing for Coffee as well. Um, but they could be up there for a little while. I don't want to jinx anything, but I mean, Coffee, they, they're tough and they're gonna be playing other tough-minded teams. So that's gonna lead to some interesting, matches because when you go to south georgia everyone again they're it's just, they're gonna punch you in the mouth you got to be both mentally and physically strong when you play a south georgia team and even though they did lose to uh campbell that, that took a herculean effort from Terrell burden like not many people are just gonna go off for 39 points and uh, just carry their team to victory but coffee i i really love them but you know, Class 6A is wide, wide open. You know, Tri-Cities, they, they, they fell out of that top spot. They lost a um, Village Christian team from, I, I believe, North Carolina. But just last night, Tri-Cities, they beat Alexander by five points. So Tri-Cities is very good. And South Pond, they were unranked. They shoot all the way up to number five because they beat Alexander by two points. Um, you know, the, the, and just last night they played a close game with LaGrange now I don't know how long South Paulding is going to be able to do this they've been winning these close games what we said 7-0 and and games decided by four points or less well let's make that 8-0 after that you know what they won by about four points against LaGrange last night they're making you hold your breath South Paulding and you know you don't have to win pretty as long as you win games and that's what they've been doing so they're up there at number five but it's going to be a white knuckle ride for these guys they just have to stay focused you got your top five ranking you got to block out all the noise you got don't even listen to this podcast if you're a player you just got well i guess listen to this part but you just got to focus on the task at hand every single night out like there was no excuse for only beating central carrollton by four points to know a couple guys um you know didn't play as much due to uh some reasons uh to get their head screwed on back straight but that you got to take care of business and you know you beat Mays by three you beat alexander by two they're playing all these close games and that's a great testament coach davis they lost all those games last year two and seven in games decided by four points or less they flipped the script they're eight and no now but you know you're living on the edge and eventually you want to extend that out but even when they were good they made it to the elite eight that one year 
they were winning close games. Uh, so South Portland, they're just going to have to keep, you know, keep chucking away. They're at in Region Five, the toughest region uh, in that classification. So it's going to be a war every time out. And Monday's Mill, they we mentioned them. They're they're moving in the right direction. They're getting healthy. That's a team that could really start to play well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a wide open classification. North Atlanta had a three point lead going into the fourth quarter over number one GAC in class three and GAC has been, you know, put them up against anybody. They're a top five team in the, in the state right now, regardless of classification, it feels like they've been great. And North Atlanta played, you know, balls to the wall right there with them, but into the final buzzer spray berry. Now they haven't seen the best competition, but you got to give credit for teams that handle their business. And they went and they beat Altoon 83, 71. You can only beat the teams that are, are put in front of you. Um, so they're, they're doing a, a nice job. And I could say the same, about Evans kind of but Evans I mean they just haven't played anybody I know you know Sprayberry's at least playing some decent teams with some good trackers but you know you go to Augusta area and we'll talk about that a little later Augusta basketball is kind of down this year as far as like the top 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 teams and Evans uh, I had to see if they played last night but 11 and 0 but combined opponent a record uh records uh 31 and 43 only two teams with winning records they haven't they haven't played anybody so I can't really put them up higher but uh you know, if anyone's going to win the state title in 6A this year, if you feel you're just like an average team, this this is a year. There is no Gainesville. There is no Landers Nolly this year. There is no super team in Class 6A. It's just going to come down to who's playing the best basketball come February and March. And I would not be surprised if someone in the top 10 won or a team that's not currently ranked in the top 10 got hot and won the state championship because Class 6A, I feel like, is really that wide open right now. You answered all the questions I was going to ask about 6A, so we'll move it down to 4A. Upson Lee remains at number one for 9-0. and I think we can repeat that for, uh, I don't know, however many weeks we've been doing this podcast. They remain at number one, but they do have a tough stretch of schedule coming up where maybe their undefeated streak will fall. Sandy Creek is at number two over St. Pius, who's at number three. Both of those two teams far and away the uh, teams who have played Upson Lee the closest in Class 4A. Yeah, that is that is correct. And now Upson Lee's riding a 73-game winning streak after they beat uh, Wilkinson by about 16 last night. But yeah, Upson Lee, I saw them beat Langston. He's 56-48. P.J. Carter uh, hit eight threes, but it wasn't enough. Trayvon Walker, just a monster. 22 points, 14 rebounds, three blocks. And again, he is the piece that makes Upson Lee from a very good team to a great team. He is just dominant, and it's going to depend on can anybody match him now they are definitely and if i can jump in here kyle yeah, go ahead I, I believe i saw a tweet from friend of the show wes mccards who said trayvon walker was something like 15 rebounds away from a thousand points and a thousand rebounds on his career yeah like 21 and 15 21 points 15 rebounds away um close to that yeah so he, he he's a he's a monster he could be playing you know, division one basketball at a high level if he wanted to uh but no, Upsonly, yes, they're very good, but of course, I mean, this is no knock on Upsonly. When you lose uh, Ty Fagan, that's at Georgia now, obviously you're not going to be as good as last year, but that, that's a, a proud program that's going to keep winning games, and they're going to have a monster test. If you want to see them put put their record on the line, I'm telling you, it comes down to this weekend, and if they pass the test this weekend, it, it could it could be everything you know it, it could be all they wrote uh i'm gonna have to look that up real quick ramin but if they pass this test this weekend at the cleveland stroud classic over there at rockdale that could be it upsonly could be marching on to another uh state title 
um, because they're gonna they're gonna win out the rest of the way. Well, they got two tough games. Jones County has played very well, so that's a that's a team that you might want to mark on the fifth and the the twelfth. Uh, they might be able to hang around uh, with Ups and Lee. They they played very well in Class Five A, but coming up, Cleveland Stroud Classic at Rockdale County High School. They're gonna win their first two games, and they're going to be playing in the championship against unless something crazy happens. It's either going to be against Class 5A, number four, Eagles Landing, or they're going to play Class 7A, number four, Discovery. And, and that would be a great challenge. I watched Discovery lose in a tight game against Norcross. Uh, it got out of hand at the end there, lost 76-60, uh, but they did not have Jaden Walker, their best prospect. But, boy, if you want a team that can match, kind of match uh, ups and lead, they have big guards, uh, Jaden Walker, we just mentioned six foot four. London Riley is a great three point shooter, one of the best in the state. He can stretch the floor like crazy. Asan Reynolds is about a six three, six four playmaking guard. He's very good. You got uh, Leslie Nakurum inside, uh, six foot eight, uh, going to Longwood, athletic as heck, shot blocker, rebounder. I mean, uh, and you got Ian Hardy, who's a lefty, uh, a physical six three uh, guard that can get into the lane. I mean, shoot, it, it, they, of course, they got to beat Eagles Landing first, but one of those two teams is going to be looming for Ups and Lee uh, this Saturday at the championship of the Cleveland Stroud Classic at Rockdale. That is going to be the greatest test for Ups and Lee, and if they can pass that, I think they're going undefeated the rest of the season, and then we'll see what happens come state tournament time, but I, I've I've learned uh, I'm not picking against Ups and Lee, especially come the uh, state tournament it's going to be very difficult but a team like sandy creek they have some good pieces tj biggerstaff had 32 and 22 and a win over uh triple overtime win over decula uh, st Pius always that system is always going to give them fits but i'm telling you if upson lee can get past this saturday i think they're going to go undefeated the rest of the season in regular class- season at least yes regular season we made that amendment in class 3a we touched on gac earlier they remain top they're eight and three but they're the number one in 3a and they remain a top five team in the state class 2a woodville Tompkins. they're at the number one we mentioned them earlier in the sportal showcase more recently Therrell and south atlanta number two and number four you saw them square off in the battle of powerhouses lots of things going on in 2a i know you love to talk about it and we have lots of storylines we have woodville Tompkins, we have the Farrell south atlanta thing going on two versus four and then also two augusta teams drop out of the rankings in class 2a so kyle break it all down for us what does this all mean i'll try and make it quick but Farrell and south atlanta was a great game Farrell was without six foot five all-star you know all state post robbie armbrester for disciplinary reasons i hear and that's that stuff you got to get that stuff figured out you can't be hurting yourself and hurting the team if that was true uh but that's a double double machine that was out and south atlanta jumped on him early um, and they had their chances down the stretch, but they could not close it out. Jaquavian Florence, who we saw, you know, saw him in, uh, I, I think it was June at Alexander Playdate Camp. He was great for South Atlanta, and he had 24-7, you know, six steals, three assists. I, I like him. He could really, you know, only a junior, he could play himself onto that low major radar, or at least Division Two. He's a nice-looking 6-3 combo guard, uh, very impressive uh, but Theral, Rashawn Frederick, who we saw for the first time, at least I know I saw him for the first time, you, probably you too, Ramin, at uh, Sportal Exposure. And I said, this kid has a chance to have all-state talent. And he, he was great again, 19 points, 8 rebounds, 2 blocks. 
Um, but Tyrese Ransom, who never really heard of this kid before, had 14 points at seven in the uh, in the fourth quarter, going uh, three for three from the foul line to ice the game. He was a big lift for them and kind of gave them uh, some unexpected offense. So a great game between those two teams. So again, Thera, once they're at full strength, they're really tough. But the three point shot is going to be their bugaboo. They hit three last night. But a South Atlanta team who can go 6-6, six, 6-7 six, six, inside, South Atlanta pounded them on the glass. They played that 2-3 zone for a lot of the night. They out-rebounded them 37-23, and Therrell never gets out-rebounded. So that is the key to beat Therrell. Turn them into three-point shooters and try to match them on the glass, but easier said than done. Let me ask you a question before we move on from 2A, Kyle. Um, looking at the top five, we have three zero-loss teams and a two-loss team in Northeast Macon. Farrell at number two is six and three, a three loss team. How do you explain that? Uh, Farrell has played everybody. That's a team that will play everybody and anybody. Uh, no one else in class two A comes even close to playing the schedule. Farrell plays. Uh, I can pull it up and tell you that right now. And we, we I, it was like the exact same thing last year when they came out and they really stole the show last year and started playing all these great teams and you know caught our eye. And, you know, they're doing it again. Okay, they lost to Southwest Cab 88-87. They lost by one, and that's a, the number one team in Class 5A. Uh, inexplicable loss to Holy Innocence 91-85 in overtime when they just completely folded in a game where they only made one three-pointer and they just could not, you know, they scored like 77 points in the paint out of their 85. They just could not score outside of the paint. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Fayette County, who's number three in Class 5A, who is a very good team. They only lost to them by two points. Miller Grove's not Miller Grove, but they, they, they beat them 57-48. So they just play everybody and anybody. And, you know, looking at Farrell, it looks like the, uh, they might be playing Carrollton coming up soon. I don't know if that's a typo or not. That might be a typo, but uh, they're, they're listed on their website as playing them. They're supposed to be playing Decula, who is, you know, really, really, really struggled. Uh, they've been pretty bad this year, but they're super talented. Then they're going to be playing at East Kelly. They, they just play everybody. They play everybody. Farrell is a real deal. Even though they're all sophomores and juniors, they're the real deal. And uh, they're going to be the team to beat this year. Uh, but that outside jump shooting is uh, going to be something they're going to have to figure out. Let's keep it moving down. Class A, private, not much to mention. Holy Innocence, number 10, a little uh, snafu with score misreporting, so they eked into the rankings. Um, but Class A, public, that's the one that we want to talk about. Wilkinson County, they started the season at number one, and now they are completely out of the rankings. Yeah, uh, and I mean, it was going to be tough to put them in there now. Of course, they're Wilkinson County, and they're going to get back in there, I'm, I'm assuming. I don't think they're terrible. They played all good teams, so you got to give them that. They're sitting at 1-6 and six currently. Upson Lee beat them the other night, 76-60. But you're looking at all their losses. Um, all their losses have come to teams that were in the top 10 at one point. You got beat by uh, Northeast Macon twice, who we got them at number 5 in Class 2A. Hancock, who's the new number one who came out of nowhere. They lost to them 63-59. Lost to Warner Robbins by nine. Lost to Baldwin. And then Upsonley. So they I mean, they're one and six, but they played very good teams. They'll get they'll get right once they get back into region play and they'll be okay. Um, but uh yeah, they just played a really tough schedule. But Hancock has really come out of nowhere and taking this taking this thing by storm and region seven's looking great right now as far as class you know class a public goes you got hancock's in that number one green county's all the way up to number three uh gmc drops all the way to number six but gmc another 
uh, Region 7 team. You got Wilco in Region 7. Region 7's very good on the public side of things. And uh, Hancock already has wins over Green, Wilco, uh, Washington County, a 2A school that's ranked number six, and Thompson, uh, if that was uh, reported correctly, uh, they drilled them uh, big time. Uh, so Hancock has been very, very impressive. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a fun race in Region 7. It feels like the champions uh, are always coming out of Region 7 in Class A public. And just for a brief reminder there, um, A Public does work on the power ranking system. So the regions, I guess they're important insofar as who you play in the regular season, but they kind of lose importance for the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, the power ranking system, some people want to not manipulate it. And you got to do what you got to do. But sometimes uh, smaller schools, they can't afford to play big schools because if they take a loss or something like that, it's going to hurt their, their numbers. And that's where it kind of leads to screwing up the rankings. Uh, or as far as the seeding goes, uh, you got to kind of play the game and seeding, you know, if you're the best, you're the best. It doesn't matter what you're seeded, but it can be a crapshoot come uh, state tournament time as far as what your road's going to look like. Because I mean, we saw it in, um, a private last year when I, I think it was it might have been Prince Avenue won Region Eight and they weren't very good and they threw a whole monkey wrench into everything and then the, you know of course they get beat by like the the number fourteen seed in their their first game in the tournament and you know throws everything haywire but uh, they they got to go by the power ranking system apparently because it's everything's so spread out and it's difficult and regions are all mismatched but uh, yeah it, it's uh, something they got to deal with. And one last thing before we wrap up this podcast, Class A Public, we're going to get a lot more information on them, both the boys and the girls side, because there is the Class A Power Classic at number five, Calhoun County, coming up over this holiday break, where a lot of these top 10 Class A teams will be matching up against each other and really showing off what we have in Class A Public. Oh, yeah, that's a great event. I mean, I would love to get out to that. I think I have prior arrangements, engagements to go to this uh, Sequoia event, but it's it's uh, it's a pool. I mean, it's a four-hour drive for me, of course, to get to Calhoun County, but you got Wilcox uh, versus uh, uh, Terrell County, so that's that's number four versus number nine right now, right there. I'm not even going to mention the girls' games, which are all you know, top ten matchups, too. It feels like Lanier County versus Pelham Boys. Pelham's at number seven. Lanier has dropped out, but Lanier's a very good team. Drew Charter, who just recently dropped out, they're playing Calhoun County, who's number five. Then on Saturday, you got Mitchell versus Macon County. Macon County really tumbled a lot down to eight after a, you know, a bad loss at Schley County, 55 to 52. Uh, Trutland going up against Calhoun County in the nightcap on Saturday and Trutland's ranked number two. So, I mean, we will, we will definitely know what's going on in Class A public after this weekend. And, uh, it's going to be fun to see all these scores compiling in. This podcast got a bit long on us, Kyle, but we covered a lot. Sport will showcase the rankings. There's a lot of movements, and we expect to see more as we get some out-of-region games at these holiday tournaments from the best teams across the state. As always, keep it here at KyleSandy355, at Sandy Spiel on Twitter for all the best in Georgia high school basketball coverage. On behalf of Kyle, this is Ramin signing off.